Welcome to Back Chat, where we discuss various topics making the news and ask the questions that need to be asked. Nothing is off limits and no questions are deemed inappropriate as we look to lift the lid and dig deep into the issues making the headlines. I'm Bobby M and this is Back Chat. Welcome and in this episode we're talking football and Liverpool Football Club, one of the giants of the English game, in fact one of the giants of the European and world game. During the 70s and 80s, they dominated English and European football, winning 11 league titles, three FA Cups, four league titles, nine charity shields, four European Cups, two UEFA Cups, and one UEFA Super Cup. But since 1990, the form dipped. And following a long period of decline, finally, now in 2020, they look to be reclaiming their place on the famous perch. Today, I'm joined once again by my panellists, Jeets, Jazz, and Mans as we discuss Liverpool Football Club and ask the question, are we really back on the perch? I guess the first question we need to know is, when will the season restart? Obviously, with the coronavirus uh, pandemic, the, the Football League has been suspended, postponed. There has been some talk about it being completely cancelled. Obviously, some of the uh, desperate fans from other clubs who are hoping that Liverpool... Uh, don't get the opportunity to win the title like those sad fans from Manchester United and Arsenal and City. They're all hoping that the season's cancelled. When do we think the season will come back? Jazz, I'll come to you first. How are you? Oh, good, thanks. Uh, good morning to the UK lot and evening to the Australian contingent. Um, I think realistically, we're probably looking at a, a June start, um, Look, you know, analysing a lot of the news that's been happening of late. I think a lockdown will continue um, for a bit longer. Um, we're probably looking at to the extension of May for the lockdown, at least. Uh, but a lot of early reports are coming in that uh, pre-season training or a type of pre-season training will begin in May. Um, so we're looking, I think, you know, realistically, nothing before June. Uh, but I think once... You know, if, you know, the season does restart in June. I think they'll probably cram a lot in um, and allow the season to be completed. Because, of course, the talk is that the Premier League have got a lot of money to lose if the season doesn't end. Uh, but, of course, for those of you who don't know, the new season begins in August. So given that we're now midway through April, it doesn't really leave much room. And with the cases of uh, coronavirus in the UK continuing to rise and still looking as if we have haven't quite hit the peak in terms of death. So it's still a scary time and, uh, you know, very much unknown whether or not the season will restart, I guess. Mandy, what's your view on this? You reckon we'll get the end of the season or? I think I agree with the Jazz. Uh, most likely June would be the starting point for uh, the games if they do resume. There are nine matches left and I think uh, they are hoping for uh, the matches to end July the 11th so that will give some time before the new season uh, begins. But the question uh, that the League Managers Association have is the fact that they would like all the players to be tested for COVID-19 before games. And it's not, it's not, it's not another case of a soft power bonanza is it, this week as well? <laughs> not this week. <laughs> Excellent. We had enough of the soft power bonanza last week. Um, Jeets, I'll come to you next. Now, obviously, you're a Liverpool fan, so you're not going to give us a, a, an unbiased opinion, but that's okay. Uh, in terms of Liverpool, look, fans have been waiting for 30 years now for Liverpool to you know, finally get their hands on the title that they've been craving for so long. I mentioned at the start of the podcast that we've won so many titles. And even over the last 30 years where we've been in the so-called wilderness, you know, there's still been success. There's been FA Cups, there's been League Cups, um, there's been um, you know, Charity Shields and 
you know, all manner. But the one that the fans really want is the English Championship. That is a one that the fans are desperate to get their hands on. And if it doesn't happen officially, I guess, well, it will be official. But if it doesn't happen with the conclusion of the season, is that going to leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth of the fans? Yeah, I think um, uh, some people are calling it a taint- tainted title, but it does definitely take the shine off winning it. Um, obviously, we'd want it to be in front of our fan base and have a parade, big celebration afterwards. So I think mm. the shine has kind of like been taken off because football isn't like obviously the most important thing at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, lives matter a lot more. Um, and, you know, some fans out there, I t- touched upon this at the beginning, Manchester United, Manchester City fans, all of these bitter fans are just hoping uh, that Liverpool don't get their hands on the title. And certain players, I think Luke Shaw came out and said it, um, that, you know, we hope that the season's cancelled um, and it should just be scrapped. Um, but coming from a Liverpool perspective, I mean, this is the closest we've got to success. I mean, the title's pretty much in the bag, isn't it, Jazz? Oh, the, the title's in the bag. I mean, it's only a, a couple of wins that we need, um, you know, if, if City carry on winning the game. So, yeah, the title, it's not far off. Um, once the season does restart, I think, you know, if the club will have an urgency to get it over and done with anyway. Mm. Uh, so, mm. it'll probably win the two games uh, that they need. Mm. Uh, but I think, it's you know, the season's done and dusted. Most of the teams know that it's done and dusted. A lot of you know, players from opposition clubs have come out and said mm. um, they deserve the title. Um, you know, that title should be handed to them. So I think it's not that far. I mean, it is, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. It just needs a season to restart. Yeah. Well, now I want to talk to you about the bigger question. And of course, this question comes about as a result of those famous comments made by Sir Alex Ferguson all those years ago. I think it was in the early 2000s when he uh, claimed that his main focus was knocking Liverpool off their perch. And look, I guess if you're honest... He did that with Manchester United and Liverpool were definitely knocked off their perch. The question I've got for you is, firstly, what happened to Liverpool? Why did that decline occur? Was it the fact that, you know, it was poor management or couldn't compete financially? What was it? If you had to put your finger on one thing, Mandy, why would you say Liverpool went into decline after 1990? I think you can't say there's just one factor involved, but it's a, a combination of having really poor managers uh, as well as players, so mm. um, and it's, it's always the case. It's a, it's a cycle. After Liverpool had been winning, you know, the time was up, and mm. Manchester United came about. Uh, but it was um, management as well as the players they bought mm. that resulted in a thirty-year wait. Yeah, and the first manager, of course, who came in after Dalglish left the club in '91 was Graham Souness, and uh, Graham Souness, fantastic record as a Liverpool player. Uh, and feared on the pitch and off the pitch. But as a manager, look, in his first season, still managed to win the FA Cup with Liverpool, that 2-0 win over Sunderland. But his reign at the club wasn't a successful one. And he tried several times to win the league, uh, but lots of poor finishes. And he was replaced then by another boot room boy, Roy Evans, uh, in 1994. And similar levels of success. I mean, Jazz, is it just the fact that the managers were bad or was it the fact that the money wasn't there or the fact that, you know, the players that were purchased were just not up to the task. I think, like, it's, like Mandy said, it's a combination of, of, of you know, a, a few things that happened. It created the perfect storm, in, in effect. I mean, Souness himself, when he came in, he came in and the game was changing at the time as well um, through the, the media money that was coming in. So the state mm. of the game changed. And he tried to bring professionalism in uh, that he learned at Sampdoria when, when he went there um, after the 84 European Cup. 
Um, he tried to bring in a lot of things and tried to change the culture of the team, but couldn't do it because the players just weren't listening. Um, a lot of those mm-hmm. team that he inherited were players from Dalglish's time, and they were mm-hmm. used to a certain way of living. And that perfect that gap where you had the 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 moment from moving from the older way of playing and living, I suppose, um, to professionalism. Um, mm. That came in, and it, the players couldn't change. They didn't adapt. There's a famous story of um, Alex Ferguson uh, walking up to um, Ryan Giggs's house when he was having a party with Lee Sharp uh, and dragging him out of uh, out of the house, and said, "If you want a career in football, um, your lifestyle has to change." And I think around that time, you had a lot of players whose lifestyles weren't really geared towards professionalism. You know, even mm. the likes of Tony Adams, Paul Merson. Uh, going back into those players, the lifestyles mm. that they led needed to change in order to keep up with the, the game that changed. And I think mm. Liverpool's problem stemmed, I think, from that. The recruitment then was bad. The professionalism yeah. that came in and the money that came in, um, they couldn't I, compete. But the, the fact is, Liverpool had the opportunity, though, didn't they? I mean, you, you mentioned there earlier that, you know, with the Premier League and the new TV rights came a lot of money. Um, but I think it's fair to say that Sunes also, you know, the squad that he inherited, they were aging. I mean, you had the likes of Alan Hansen, um, you know, aging. You had Beardsley, who was past his best at that point. Uh, John Barnes had an Achilles injury, so he wasn't as fast as he had been. I mean, he used to terrorize defenses. So I guess a mixture of aging squad plus injuries to some key players also didn't work out in uh, Sunes's favor. And look, after another four years or so, he was gone. And uh, Roy Evans was there. Roy Evans, again, we had a bit of success in his first season, winning the League Cup um, against, uh, I can't remember who it was now. Um, and then then we had Julia come in. And that was a bit of a change, wasn't it? That was a bit of hope, I think, for the fans. And I'm sure Liverpool fans will never forget that fantastic occasion where, you know, in that UEFA Cup final uh, against Alaves, um, you know, spectacular. The days of really good attacking football, but there was also still, um, you know, the overhang of the Spice Boys culture, which was, um, you know, spoken about a lot at Liverpool. And I can't remember which cup final it was when the Liverpool players turned out in their white suits. And it was more about how they looked rather than how they played. You know, the likes of McManaman was there, Fowler was there, um, and Jamie Redknapp um, and Jason McAteer. Uh, and that era really is where I think we became a bit soft. Would you agree with that, Jeet? Yeah, I think the biggest difference then was, um, I hate to say it, but Fergie was a proven winner, wasn't he? And Roy Evans was, I think that was his first manager's, managerial job. Is that right, Jess? That is. So he yeah, he yeah. moved so, straight from the boot room to a manager. Room, yeah, so I think um, like like Mandy Jazz said, there's a number of factors that why we probably probably taken this long to win the league. But... I think the manager makes a big difference, like the whole belief, proven winner like Ferguson, like we have now with Klopp. Sometimes you need that belief to actually win a title, especially big titles. And one of the things Julia be remembered for, we spoke about recruitment. I mean, Julia, if there's one, or actually if there's a couple of players he brought in that really divided opinion, uh, and I'm sure you know which two players I'm going to talk about. The first was Emil Heskey from Leicester and uh, also El Haji Diouf 
who is probably the most notorious and most hated Liverpool player ever. And I'll say graced the club, but I use the term graced very, very loosely because a lot of people will look at that signing uh, as a huge mistake. So recruitment certainly couldn't be, could have been better. But under Julia, we had a good time. I mean, you know, we got our first trophy after six years when we won the League Cup again over Birmingham. Uh, and then that memorable UEFA Cup final that we spoke about as well. Um, but again, you know, we just didn't manage to get there. And it seems to me that Liverpool had a lot of the pieces of the puzzle, but they always failed or missed out on completing the picture. They were always one or two players short of getting that perfect side together. It's like in recent times when we had Torres, but, you know, it was too much. It was just Torres and Gerard carrying the team. And then we had Suarez, but we needed someone else. But now, I guess if we come down to present day, uh, it seems that, Jurgen Klopp has finally got that blend, that mix, and he's got players in the right places from the defence to the midfield to the attack. And everyone seems to know what they're doing, what their roles and responsibilities are. And finally, we're seeing that fluid football that we've longed for for so long. Mandy, is this something you see continuing? I mean, obviously, football and football squads, they evolve and they change and you need to continually look at um, add strength uh, and moving players on and that's something of course that Alex Ferguson did fantastically at Manchester United and uh, as much as I hate praising him you've got to give him credit he is one of the greatest managers uh, of the Premier League era but that's something he perfected what is it that Liverpool need to be looking at now in terms of bringing in new players or replacing positions where perhaps we're going to need to replace in the future due to age or maybe players who you know, wish to move on themselves. We know Coutinho, Torres, Suarez, all these players in the past have left because of their ambitions. Where are the, where are the points of weakness for Liverpool going forward? I think um, we shouldn't forget John Henry, who is the co-owner of Liverpool. And I think uh, when Brendan Rodgers was sacked uh, in 2015, and in the media, there's a lot of uh, who are favourites, who should take over the job. So what he did, he actually went to uh, Ian Graham, who's a Cambridge uh, physicist, and instructed him to create a mathematical model to select a coach and players that were essential to win the Champions League. I heard, I heard they considered yeah. Barrett coaches. Is that correct? The, the term they use is money bowling. And <laughs> it's a fact. All teams use that now. Money bowling. Yeah. And, and, and what is uh, money they bowling? Use, yeah, they, they use simple statistical models to uh, <laughs> pick players who are underrated. And, uh, is, that, is that what money how, bowling is, is it? Yeah, it's, it's a term. It's a movie based okay. on that as well. But yes, it's a mathematical model they use. And that's where the success, part of the success lies of Liverpool in the players they've bought uh, and the manager. And that's been a success. So we need more money bowling going into the future. Yeah. It's happening. Wonderful. All teams are now into it. I'll take your word for it. I haven't got a clue what money bowling is, but look, it certainly sounds like a good, <laughs> good principle, whatever it means. Um, my next question, Jeets, are we back on our perch? Are Liverpool back where they belong? Are we at the pinnacle? Is it too early for Liverpool fans to actually claim? Obviously, we had the success last season uh, of the European Cup. Again, another triumph of money bowling, uh, if we were to ask Mandeep. And then this season looks like the title's wrapped up. But is it enough to say we're back on the perch? Obviously, we'd love to say that to United fans. But is it true? I think um, it's still a little bit early 
If you look at what Liverpool did back in the 70s and 80s, they'd win like back-to-back titles or won every other season. Then obviously United did that in the 90s and the noughties. I think we'd need to win two or three at least, overtake United. Like, well, United on, I think they're on 20. Yeah, I mean, look, Manchester United, to be honest with you, they're not really a threat anymore. I mean, they're a mid-table club. Uh, they dominated the 90s. They dominated the noughties. And after all that domination, really... They only just about caught up with Liverpool and slightly edged into the lead in terms of titles. But that hasn't taken long for Jurgen Klopp to change. I mean, now Liverpool are once again the most successful English team. It's funny to talk about league titles. They only won two Champions Leagues in Fergie's time. That's right. Massively underachieved. And considering we've been, what, 30 years now, we still won two, I think, at the same time. Is that right? Yep, yep, 2005 and, and, and last and year. Reached two finals. And obviously everyone knows about Istanbul, how popular or the most famous one recent times. That was probably our worst side for years, that one. Look, if you can win anything with Jimmy Traore, you've got my respect. I mean, yeah. that guy, I don't know I don't know where he is now. I think he was playing at Stoke or Charlton or something. I don't know. I'm not sure where Jimmy Traore is. I don't know if uh, one of you can look up where Jimmy is, but we really need to find out because, uh, you know, that guy's got a Champions League medal. And for the life of me, I don't know how. You can't beat his own goal. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Which one? That's the question. I mean, he's had a few. He's probably scored more in his own FA net Cup? than he did in the oppositions. FA Cup, I think. I think it was the FA Cup. Yeah. It's quite stylish. Try to do it down turn or something. Uh, Try to turn, yeah. So in terms of plays, who do you who do you see leaving Anfield over the next couple of seasons? Where are those weak spots and who do, who will we need to replace? I mean, there's a lot of talk and I guess when you've got really good players, they become the subject of gossip and speculation. And in Mo Salah, we've got probably, you know, one of the best players in the league for the last two seasons at least. Uh, obviously Mourinho uh, who loves the glory, loves to take centre stage. Um, Salah just didn't work for Mourinho. But he's come to Liverpool and with the man management style of Jurgen Klopp, you know, the guy is an amazing player. But again, being that good always attracts speculation. And Real Madrid have been mentioned. Uh, Barcelona have been mentioned. Do you see Salah leaving? Is that a player we look to replace? Jazz, I'll come to you with that one. Uh, I I think if you look at Salah's journey, I, don't, I think I, don't, I can't see him leaving. Although you can't, you know, you, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, but I don't. I, just the way his journey is, he was a failure at Chelsea. He had to go to Roma to resurrect his career, uh, and then move to Liverpool to go that one step further. But I think winning the Champions League and winning, you know, which inevitably will happen this season, the Premier League. I don't think there's any reason for him to go from. Uh, um, a trophy hunting perspective. Um, if he leaves, mm. it might be for the other challenge. But I, don't, I think in in you know, we were in different different positions in recent years where we were we were always fearful of a player leaving. Um, mm. Torres leaving, for example. Um, yeah. Yeah. Coutinho leaving. And I think now the team is in such um, good hands. And Mandy mentioned John Henry earlier. Um, I don't think we're in that position anymore. Where if a player leaves, we are not well equipped uh, to handle that. Uh, so mm. I think if, whether it's Salah or anyone else, uh, I'm not that fearful that you know that once they leave, that the team will fall apart. Whereas it was that in years gone by. Uh, so mm. I think it's not an issue anymore. Um, yeah, if a player and does look, leave. I, I guess I guess the shadow of clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona always hang over any club that's successful or any club that's got some talent. But I guess the fact that firstly we thumped Liverpool, uh, Liverpool thumped Barcelona in the uh, Champions League coming back from that 3-0 defeat in the first leg and overturning that in some style. Um, 
are Barcelona and Real Madrid really the teams that they were? Are they still an attractive, um, you know, destination for players now? I'm not too sure. Uh, and look, I tend to agree with you, Jazz. I think, you know, these players who are having such a successful time at Liverpool at the moment, they will love the taste of that success. And hopefully uh, they'll be there for a long time, or at least until Klopp decides to uh, hang up his coaching um, guide and disappear. Um, but hopefully, I'm sure as Liverpool fans, you're hoping that doesn't happen for many a season as yet. Where on from here? Next season, obviously this season has been a very interesting one. It's been brought to a bit of a, a premature end so far. Hopefully it's going to be temporary. Uh, can Liverpool do this again? Manchester City are the club to be, probably the best side in Manchester at the moment. With City there now and dominating, are they going to be there to pressure us again? Or do you see City undergoing a, a bit of a transition themselves? Have they got changes ahead of them? They haven't got the youngest squad, have they? And will Pep hang on? What do you think, Mandy? Is Pep going to be there next season? I think he will be still at Manchester City. Um, last season when Liverpool won the Champions League and we were second, I never thought that I, I thought would we maintain that momentum that we have. Had uh, and now it's it's been brilliant that this year we've pretty much won mm. uh, the league. So next year I think we should be there and about. But we've got to realize one thing that the Premier League is very tough compared to other leagues in Spain, in Italy. So to win here is very difficult. It's not as easy as some of the other leagues. And regarding players who want to leave, Mo Salah he's won everything he has to. So I I, I don't think he would want to move away from Liverpool. So a bit of money bowling required over the summer. There will be. strengthen. Yeah. Good. Okay. Now, in terms of opposition, we've, men- we've mentioned Manchester City. We've mentioned United. We've spoken enough about United. No point wasting uh, valuable time talking about has-beens. But which other clubs do you see providing a challenge, if any, for Liverpool going forward? Is there anyone else? Jeets, what do you think? I think uh, well, it's only, probably only City because they've got the money, got... Probably, well, probably the rest of the panel disagree. One of the best managers in the world, maybe. No, no chance. Guardiola. Yeah. I think you've, you're looking at Guardiola, you're looking at Mourinho. I think these guys are just managers who can manage when they have, you know, the money. I think you put them in charge of Stoke, and I think you'll see what their management's made of. Mourinho, for me, um, I know you're not well, talking about Mourinho. But... manager in charge of City, you reckon they're still challengers? Absolutely. Hmm. I reckon we could put Mandeep and his money bowling in, in charge of Man City. And if you give him a budget of, you know, two, three, four hundred million dollars, I reckon he could turn it around. Although he probably only needs a tenner and he'll just money bowl and he'll manage to buy the whole squad. What do you but think, Mandy? You up for the challenge? It didn't work out yeah. for Jose at um, United, though, did it? Spending all that money. No, the thing with Jose is he's he can split the camp. Um, and that's the problem with Mourinho. He's very egotistical. And if you go to a club like Manchester United, where you've already got egos, uh, I think then you have a massive clash. I think when Mourinho went to Chelsea, uh, they were still developing. They were still growing in terms of their status and in terms of their performances uh, and their trophy hall. So he came in there at a good time and he was probably crucial to uh, their success. Whereas you go to a club like Manchester United, who've had, you know, decades of success uh, in the 90s and in the noughties. And then, you know, you're walking in there as Mourinho. Players are thinking, so what? You're Mourinho. Who cares? You know, because they've been used to that success. So you're going to get that clash. In my view, that was a problem for him. He's walked into there like, you know, I'm the special one. And they've just looked him up and down and said, well, sorry, we're all special here. Um, You're right And there. that's why he had his, his work cut out. Yeah. You are right, because all managers evolve. 
same with Mourinho, but he has not involved, evolved in the right way. So he's he breaks, splits the camp. His ego comes in between. Mm. And that's what's happened with Manchester United mm. and the last years of Chelsea. And, and what's your view on Tottenham? What's your view on Tottenham? Is Mourinho just at Tottenham to bide his time until a decent job comes up? What do you reckon, Jess? Sorry, Mandy, you continue. I think the same will happen at Tottenham. He'll probably win a League Cup, but ultimately... The, they'll they'll, they'll I think be happy with that, won't they? They probably will be, but... You know, in terms of uh, their performance, is worse than when Pooch was there. That's true. And Jazz, what do you think? Tottenham, we've spoken about, they're not really going to be much of a challenge, I don't think, going forward. Arsenal are just in disarray, no, if anything. Think, yeah, Losing think, Wenger, no. they've replaced him with absolute mm. clowns. I think Spurs are miles off. You know, reports this morning of um, they're willing to let him go for 200 million. Uh, Harry Kane go, sorry, for 200 million. Uh, Tottenham are quite a few players off of having a six, you know, a, a squad that can challenge. Arsenal probably need five or six players. Man United probably need 11 players. Um, and a manager, because I think yeah. Oli, Oli, Oli at the wheel isn't doing much, is yeah, it? Yeah, no, I think, you know, they probably need 11 players, new manager, new stadium, new chef. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah certainly a club in disarray. And yeah, we so, sound yeah, so it's heartbroken it's really about City. it. I think it's only really City that... Uh, mm. Because you know that you know, even if a Champions League ban does come for them, uh, mm. they will still. They've got the money. They'll 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 attract the players. Uh, they are the most likely challengers. Yeah, have. they've also got players like Raheem Sterling, and we know he's a bit of a mercenary. And I, I and I'm not sure if he'll hang around. Uh, he hasn't signed a new contract yet, as far as I know. And with all the talk of them being banned from the Champions League, is he likely to hang around? Jazz. What do you um, think? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there were reports a few weeks ago that Raheem Sterling would look for a move. But I think it really depends on what happens with the Champions League this season. If that continues and if City do win it, then I think that, you know, solves some of their cravings that they have for that title. Uh, yeah. So it, it really depends on, you know, what, what really happens to this season. Um, you know, I, I, they will attract the players. It's inevitable, uh, the, the amount of money that they throw. Um, and sort of peps that kind of manager, I guess, that a lot of players will want to play for him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't discount Man City out, not even for a second. Sure. But for now, it seems Liverpool are back on top. Uh, we will wrap up the title, hopefully, within a couple of months. Um, and it's looking good for the future for Liverpool Football Club after an absence of 30 years and in that wilderness. Thanks so much, guys, for joining me once again. Uh, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Back Chat, where we go behind the headlines and beyond the boundaries to uncover the facts and discuss the real stories behind the news. Until next time. Goodbye for now.